jump into the sermon. God, thank you for this time we can spend together. Lord God, I pray that you would just move in each of our hearts, that you would prepare each one of us for what you want to say to us. Lord, work in our lives. Help us to become a stronger body in 2018. Help us to build deeper friendships in 2018. Help us to love each other more as a family, as this family called Grace Chapel, even more in 2018. We love you. We praise you. We'll give you all the glory for everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this morning I'm excited because we're kicking off a new series called 40 Days of Love. And I'm so glad that you're all here this morning. First service was uh, really, really well attended. And it's great to be able to kick off these series and, and, and be a part of it every single, every single week. Here's the thing. If you want your life to count, then you need to focus. You need to focus. Time is valuable and not everything you do in this life is of equal value. That's important. Your time is so valuable and not everything you do in life is of equal value to God. Jesus said the most valuable treasure is a life of love. The most valuable treasure that we have is to live a life of love. We need to live a life of love. And when they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus replied to them, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and love your neighbor as yourself, basically. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment, to love your Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. And he said, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. When they asked Jesus what was most important to God, basically, okay, specifically, he said, loving God is first, loving others is second. To love, to love God and to love others. That's the most important thing. Those are the things that matter most to God in this life. Now, I know we all know that that's important. If I said to you, is it important to love others? You'd say yes. But what happens in our lives is that we get distracted. We forget that's so important. We, we start to put that on the back burner, not because it's a conscious effort. Other things start to come into our lives. So many other things that start to crowd our minds and make us so busy. And we forget that that's the most important thing in life is to love God and to love others. This morning, what I want to do is look at the three laws of love. The three laws of love and then lay the foundation for the next 40 days. We're going to be doing this together as a family for the next 40 days in your family news bulletin. You'll see this. It's kind of like 40 days of love, power of love. And you can take this to your life group. Life groups are going to be going through this together. Also, if you're not in a life group, I'd love you to get into a life group because, again, you're closer to the you get closer to the family members. But. You got life group and also you can take this home and use it as your devotional. So we have that. We're going to go through this for the next 40 days together. And what I want to do this morning is first lay out the three laws of love as a foundation and then obviously lay the foundation for the next 40 days. All right. Law number one, the best use of life is love. That's law number one. The best use of life is love. God says learning how to love, learning for us to learn how to love should be our number one priority in life. That should be our number one priority, your primary objective, your your greatest ambition, your life's purpose. Your life's purpose, my life's purpose is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And what that means is to learn how to love like Christ loved. Loving is so significant and so important to God. Let me share a few reasons why love should be the foundation of your life. Number one, 
it validates my faith. Okay, so it validates my faith. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, then it really shows us that we are a part of God's family. It shows us that we have that personal, deep relationship with Jesus Christ. The question we have to ask ourselves if we're sitting here this morning is, how do you know that you truly have a relationship with God? How do you know you've been adopted into God's family? Second Corinthians 13, five says this, examine yourselves. It doesn't tell me to examine you. It says to examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And the greatest way to test yourselves is to see how much you love. That's the greatest test. How much do you love? How much do you invest in other people? The Bible says that God looks at us and looks at our lives and says to each and every one of us, do you love? That's God's. That's what God wants to know. Do do you love? Do you love me with all of your heart, soul and mind and strength? And do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you love that's If you want to really test yourselves, that's the place to start. Do I love? How much do I love other people? How much do I invest in other people? That's the most important test. Listen to what 1 John 4 eight says. Listen to these words. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So you want to test yourself to see whether you're adopted into God's family? Okay. Whoever doesn't love doesn't know God. It's as simple as that. If you're not loving, if you're not loving others, if you're not putting God first and you're not putting other people, you're not loving other people. Bible basically says that you're, you, you can't know God because God is love. Number one test. The reason why God wants us to learn, okay, during this series, to learn to love people more is because he wants us to become more like him. He wants us to become God is loving and he wants to become more like him in John. First John chapter four and verse 20, it says, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. That's pretty straightforward, right? You say you, you, you love God, but you don't love your brother. You hate your brother. You hate people. You're not loving to other people. Then the Bible says you're lying for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Bible's pretty practical. So people walk around saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I'm really, you know, all this kind of thing. But if you're not loving others, if you're that's not one of your that's not one of your primary motives in life to love other people, then the Bible's challenging you in your faith. I'm not I'm not up here challenging your faith. That's what the Bible says. Whoever does not love does not know God. If anyone says, I love God, 1 John 4, 20, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. I mean, that's talking to me. That's I have to ask myself, am I loving others? Thomas Mann wrote this, life and hope for the world are to be found only in the deeds of love. Life and hope for the world are to be found only in the deeds of love. We need to, if we want to show the world, we want to show the world God, if we want to show the world Christ, if we want to make a difference and impact our world, then we need to love. The second reason that we should make love our primary purpose, the second reason, not the second law, but the second reason under the first law that make our primary purpose is love integrates my life. Love integrates my life. In other words, it becomes the dominant principle by which everything else in my life is integrated. 
any, everything else in my life is integrated. My social life, right? My work life, my financial life, my church life, my sex life, my friendship life. All of those things are integrated. Each has a part in my life. Each is brought together and becomes integrated into my life through love. See, you need to have something. I thought about this. You, you really need to have something at the core of your life. Each one of us needs to have something at the core of our hearts, the core of our lives that draws our lives together. Otherwise, our lives become fractured. We need to have something that's pulling all of everything that we do, our, our home life, our, 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 our church life, our work life, our, our friendship life, our financial life. All those things need to be pulled together, pulled together. Otherwise, everything becomes fractured. They're all individual things that are, but love pulls everything else in our lives together. We all build our lives around something. You can't get around this. I'm saying we should build our lives around God, which means we're building our lives around love. That's my part, my point here. But because everyone in this world builds their lives around something. Some people build their lives around money to become rich. Some people build their lives around fame. They want to be popular. Some people build their lives around success. Some people build their lives around pleasure. I mean, it's just like they they just seek pleasure. That's their goal. Some people build their lives around hobbies. It doesn't matter. Everyone builds their lives around something. something. There are lots of things that we can make the foundation of our lives. I mean, that maybe I didn't hit on the one that you've made the foundation for your life. The goal here is to break you free from that foundation and set you on the right path. The foundation of our lives should be God. The foundation of our lives should be loving God first and foremost and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Because everybody makes makes something the foundation of their lives. But listen, here's the important thing. You need something in your life that is strong at the center. You need something in your life that's strong at the center that won't. This is this is why it's so important that won't fall apart when trials come. You need something at your life that is strong, very strong at at, at the very core, at the center of your life. So that when the trials come, when the challenges come, when the tests come, when the difficulties come, we're not flying apart. We're not falling apart. Why? Because we have made the foundation of our lives. Christ, we have made the foundation of our lives. Love. And love binds all those things together. The Bible said the only thing strong enough to hold your life together when the trials hit is love. Love for God, okay? Love for God and love for the people around you. It becomes a center that brings everything else together, everything else into focus. The third reason why we should make love our primary purpose is that love reverberates forever. Love reverberates forever. Would you say, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means it goes on and on. It means that it, 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 it means that, that everything continues. It echoes in eternity. Love echoes for eternity. The fact is the only thing that's going to really last in your life is love. Love is the only thing that's going to last. Everything else in your life is temporary. Everything else you do in your life is temporary. 
But love is going to last. Love is eternal. Love is going to echo in eternity. Every single loving act is remembered by God. I want you to understand that. There are so many things we do with our lives. You say, well, I, just because I didn't love this week, there are a lot of things in my life that are really important. No, honestly, not really. I mean, they're okay. They're important, but they're not as significant. I said in the very beginning, not everything in this life is of equal value. In God's eyes, there are things that are of, of greater value than other things. And in God's eyes, the little things that you do, every simple act of love will be remembered for eternity. And everything else that you do outside of that is temporary. It'll be forgotten. There are certain, let me tell you, I'll bet you, you go back in your life and I say to you, tell me some of the most meaningful times, I mean positive, the most meaningful, significant memories of your life. And I'll bet you that most of them, if not all of them, are built around some relationship, relationship in some event in your life where there was relationship, some connecting point. Some something, maybe your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, your father, something, a brother or sister, it's relationship. Those are the things that are significant. Those are the things that you remember. And just the way you remember all the loving things that were done to you, God remembers every simple act of love. Those things will reverberate for eternity. That means that, for example, if you're about to close a million dollar deal at work, That is not as significant, as important to God as giving someone $100 to buy a coat or to fix their car if they're in desperate need. Now, obviously, if you're living your life for God, it says God says, go to work and work as unto the Lord, not unto men. So if you're doing it as unto the Lord, that's significant. That million dollar deal is really important because you're doing it as unto the Lord, not unto men. God is number one. So everything in your life fits in that. Here's here's the son. Jesus Christ, the son, everything revolves around the son. If that's what's happening, then fine. But the reality is, if that's not what's happening and you close a million dollar deal, it's more important to God that you give someone a hundred dollars to buy a coat than it is you close that million dollar deal. And God's going to remember for eternity the act of love that you express to someone else. And on the rest of it's just um, really it's just window dressing, to be really honest with you. I'm not old. Okay. And, there, and, and I've said this for years and years because people will say, well, you're just saying that because you're older now, blah, blah, blah. Here's the reality. There all this other stuff. All this other stuff is it's all it's window dressing. It, it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's here today. gone. It, it, they're just they're insignificant from an eternal perspective. From a temporal perspective, oh, really big deal. Impressing other people, oh, sure. Then you can, oh, you want to impress them? That's fine. But I'm going to tell you something. At the end of your life, at the end of your life, most of those things are not going to matter. You know what's going to matter? It's the people that you loved that are around you. As you get older, the people who you love become, as you get older, they're more and more significant. You realize how significant they are. And if I could, I wish I could download into some of you who are really younger, how truthful what I'm saying is, how important this is. You're going to waste so many years, and then you're going to remember what I'm saying now and go, man, he was absolutely right. Don't be, I, I say this in love, don't be a doofus, Okay. <laughs> Don't be a doofus. Um, if, if I'm telling you the truth now and I'm 100% telling you the truth, start to live that out now. Don't wait. I'm telling you. 
I remember Lee Iacocca. Remember Lee Iacocca, the guy who saved Chrysler and everything? He was like, he was the man, okay, back in like the late 70s, early 80s and everything. He was the man. And they asked him one time, you know, you know, if you could tell the younger generation one thing, what would you tell them? And he said, when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Is basically what he said. When you get to the top, there's nothing there. And it's so true. It's so true. If the only significance it has is to show that you're so whatever and you're going to be and I'm going to climb and I'm going to whatever. It is such a waste of time. If you're doing it to the glory of God, climb, baby, climb. Okay, do it to the glory of God. But if you're not, it is a complete and utter waste of your time. First Corinthians 13, 13 says this. It says, and now these three things remain faith, hope and love. But what does it say? But the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest. Love is what lasts. Love lasts. If you want to build a legacy, a lot of us are thinking about like, okay, you know, how do I invest and how do I build how, you know, if you want to build a legacy, if you want to be remembered, love, because love lasts and love lasts for not just in this world, love lasts for eternity. Law number two, the best expression of love is time. You spell love, T-I-M-E, okay? Love is spelled T-I-M-E. First John chapter 3, verse 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. It's not just about, you know, the world loves to word vomit. The all oh, love, and there's such experts on love, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. They just take sex and love and they mix it all together and love. They make up words for love. And this is what love is. And love, love, love is love, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it's just word vomit. But what I'm talking about is a eternal love, a love that is not about myself. It's about others. It's not about myself. It's about God. You know, we're talking about love and you're thinking, oh, yeah, God and Jesus and the Bible and love. You know, man, why would he that real? That's real, you know, creative pastor to come up, you know, know, talk about love for 40 days. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you try to love someone who doesn't like you? When's the last time you actually loved your enemy and did something kind to someone who wasn't kind to you? When's the last time you really loved someone who you're maybe you're related to whatever else who just you makes you just want to just put your head in, in the sand. You know what I mean? And just forget that life exists altogether. When's the last time you sacrificed yourself for the for the cause of someone else? For someone, for someone else's needs. Love is like blah, blah, blah in the world, okay? Just thrown around like it's nothing. But in the Bible, love is the most difficult thing you will ever, you will ever master if you, you don't even, if you can come close to becoming anything like Jesus Christ. I was, as I was going through this sermon, I'm like, whoa, this is so deep. Not just this sermon, this whole series. Wow. Thinking about the depth of love. Okay, I love those who love me. Man, okay, that's not really love. That's okay, though. You, at least you love somebody. And you get down to loving people who are hard to love, loving people who don't love you, loving people who are your enemies, loving the layers go. And I'm going to tell you something. This is spiritual maturity 101 right here. This is spiritual maturity 101. It says, Dear children, in 1 John 3:18. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. It's, it's not just something that we say or feel. It is something that we do. When you, when you give your time to someone, that is the greatest gift that you can give them. Think about it. 
That's the greatest gift that you can give that person. We all have, we all have, the people on this side of the room may have more wealth than the people on that side of the room. We all have, if we go across, wealthy, not as wealthy, less wealthy, a bunch of poor people. All right? We all have different amounts of wealth, right? We have different amounts of wealth. We all have different amounts of talents. Very talented, less talented, not talented at all. I don't know how you get your money. But, uh, they, you know, that's just the way it is. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, we all have different kind, amounts of wealth and we all have different amounts of talents, but we all have the exact same amount of time. Okay? Time is the equalizer, if you will. We have the exact same amount of time, 168 hours in a week, and we get to choose how we're going to use it. Most Americans, the average American adult American is going to live 25,550 days, okay, in their lives. The question is, for the average of all of us are going to live about 25,550 days. What are we going to do with the time that God has given to us? And when I give you, if I give you my money, if I give some of you my money, uh, I, you know, maybe uh, someone, uh, someone gives me a check because, you know, some of my relatives said, hey, Merry Christmas, and I can get that money back. I lend you money, give it back to me. I give you money, I, you know, I get paid next week kind of thing. I get money back, all right? But you know what I can't get back? My time. If I give you one minute of my time, I will never get that minute back again. What does that make time? The most valuable thing that Jeff Greer owns. Time is precious. Time is so important. Dr. Richard Swenson is one of the world's authorities on stress, and he wrote this. This is what he wrote. I've come to believe that the speed of society is as much responsible for the problems of personal and social dysfunction as in any other single factor. Virtually all of our relationships are damaged by hurry. We're always in a hurry. Many families are being starved to death by velocity. We walk fast. We talk fast. We eat fast. And then announce, sorry, I've got to run. God, I suspect, doesn't fit any better into our breakneck schedule than our children do. Time. Where are we spending our time? How are we spending our time? Chuck Swindoll said this, busyness destroys relationships. It substitutes shallow frenzy for deep friendship. Busyness feeds the ego, but it starves those who love us. It fills the calendar, but it fractures the family. That is so true. Boy, and we all have to look um, we all got to look at ourselves in the mirror. And then we ask, you may be asking yourself right now, okay, I get that, I get that, but how do I find more time um, to, to give to the people that I love? How do I find more time? And I'm not saying this to be like, you know, that's a dumb question, um, but it's not the right question. Because the people that you're talking about should be your priority, okay? Those people that you love the most should be your priority. Then you figure out how to fit the rest into that, not to cram them into your already busy, crazy schedule. How can I, how can I fit those people more into it? No, they, they are the priority. They're the priority. Loving them is the priority. And then everything else fits around that. The people you love should be your priority. Think about that. You know, here, here's, Here's what I want you to kind of go through in your mind. And this is not a guilt thing. I don't, I can't, I don't want to make you feel guilty. It doesn't work for me. I, I th- I've, for all the years I've been a pastor, making people feel guilty doesn't work. It means to be an intrinsic motiva- motivation, not extrinsic motivation. So I want you to think about this. Just think about this, because I'm going to help you out a little bit. How much time do we 
spend on our computers and our cell phones. You say, how can I get, how can I create more opportunity to love those around me? Well, then ask yourself, how much time are you spending on your cell phone or your computer? How much time are you spending when you go home and, again, nothing wrong with watching some of the shows, these reality TV shows about someone else's family. How much time are you spending watching reality TV shows about someone else's family when you should really be spending time with the reality of your own family? Right. I mean, we, we, you start to go, whoa, you know, what? if you start thinking about that, Jeff, that makes sense, because I spend a lot of time on my phone. I spend a lot of time on my computer. I spend a lot of time doing this. And not that it's all those are terrible things, but maybe I, you know, 2018 new start. Maybe I can start looking at my calendar and, and really looking at how much time I do certain things and reprioritize my life. You wonder why you don't have time for relationships. See, what the, here's, the, here's the hardship about this. We become spectators, okay, of our lives. We become spectators instead of participators in our families. We become more spectators. See, participation takes discipline. Participation takes sacrifice. And, it's, and you know, we can... And I'm talking men and women, but we can justify, well, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing that for my family. All right. All right. I mean, I'm not I'm not God. I don't know what your motives are, but I'm, I'm just asking the question to help you. All right. I'm asking the question to help you. But we need to we need to be readjusting our, our lives to make sure that th- those people that we love the most are the priority. Ephesians 5, 2 says this. And live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If it's not a sacrifice, here's the reality. If it's not a sacrifice, it's not real love. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You can't love without giving. Love is a sacrifice. Anyone who anyone who's been married, anyone who has a family, anyone who's lived more than, you know, they've gotten old enough to where they're not the center of the world anymore, which that's cool. I mean, you're little. You should be the center of the world and people love you. But once you get older, you realize love is a sacrifice, man. Once you have a baby, you realize that, right? That that, that person, that little person becomes the well, you become second quick or third. Right. That person come. So love is a sacrifice. As we get older, we realize that it's a sacrifice. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Love means giving something. It means giving something up. It means I give up my agenda for your agenda. It means I give up. And this is, again, valuable. This is I give up my time for your time. I give up my preferences for your preferences. I give up what I would like to do today for what you would like to do today. You know, I love my family. I love my son, Josh. And sometimes I'm just being honest. Sometimes I'll get home and Josh will say, hey, you want to go out and play basketball? You know, want to go out and let's, let's play horse or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, hey, how about we go in and play, lay down and don't move for you know, the rest of the night? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest, you know, because because that's what I want to do. I'm tired, man. I've been out all day serving and serving. And now I got to go home. And I was like, I was just I was well, I was couldn't wait to get home and just. Cr- and he says, well, and, and 80 percent, 90 percent of the time I say, I say to myself, well, what's he going to remember? When he's a grown man, 
that every time dad came home, he said, I'm really tired. Let's not, you know, if we do it, whatever. Now, I do say that sometimes. I, I'm honest. I say, I'm just so tired. Can we do it tomorrow? I promise we'll do it tomorrow. But most of the time I get off and I go out there and I play horse. You know what I mean? I win some. I lose some. I win more than I lose. I'm going to have to pay him $10 for bringing up this thing. So I'm just going to say, I, you know, I got the skills sometimes. Um, <laughs> Um, it's a great time. He's gonna, that's what he's going to remember. That's, that's, that's important. That's what we have to, we have to be willing to give up what the other person would rather do rather than what we would like to do. The best use of life is love. The best expression of love is time. Okay? It, it, it's time. Why is it that we, and this is what we have to ask ourselves, why is it that I'm spending the least amount of time with the people I love the most? If you, I want to, I want to recommend something for you to do. I want you tomorrow, before you get out of bed, you kind of, you know, roll off the side of your bed, your feet are there. Before you get out of bed, I want you to, to say this, uh, I want you to just say this to God. Um, God, if I accomplish nothing else this entire day, I want to love you a little bit more. Before your feet hit the floor and you kind of go off on your way, God, if I accomplish nothing else today, I want to love you a little bit more. And that means spending time with God. Before you put your your feet on the floor, you say this also. God, if I accomplish nothing else today in my life, I want to love the people around me at work, my home, on the court, whatever the case may be. I want to love them a little bit more. I just want to love them a little bit more. Now, if you accomplish what I just described, if you do that and you go on that day and you love God a little bit more and you love the people around you a little bit more within the confines of all that you're doing in your day, but you're focusing, God, I just want to love you a little bit more. I want to spend time with you. I want to love the people around me a little bit more. I want to spend time with them because that's what you said matters most in life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If you've done those things, then your day counts. That day counts. It counts. If, on the other hand, you have not done those things, I don't care. I'm just being honest. And this is not me. I, I can just back it up with Scripture. If you have not done those things, that doesn't count. It, it doesn't, to, to God, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, if you don't do those things, love God a little bit more, love someone else a little bit more, then you have wasted, hear me, you have wasted that day. Because God did not create you to get up out of bed and check things off your list. I got that meeting. I did this. I did that. I did that. Run, run, go, 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 go. Okay? It's okay to go, go, go. But if you have not made God your priority in the go, 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 and other people your priority in the go, 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 then you have wasted your day. You can you cannot like that. You can argue with that. You can get frustrated by that. It's still the truth. That day counted if you do those things, and you wasted it if you don't. Love is a verb. Love is an action. It's something that we do. It's, it's not just words or tongue, but actions and in truth. You know, one of the things I want to do, I'm going to express this really quickly because I don't want to take too much time. But one of the things I want us to do is we, I made, we made some T-shirts. Love is a verb. Remember that? We made them up a, a couple months ago. Well, we're going to take those T-shirts and we're going to change a little bit. But um, if you would like a love is a verb T-shirt, we're going to sell them all throughout the series. And we're going to use every penny that we make from those T-shirts to give to Nigeria. What I found out this week was that um, 
The truck that they use for the well drilling is broken. They don't have a truck. So now what we have is we have um, two different companies. One is our well drilling company and one is our farm using one truck. They're both doing very well, but they need another truck. Now, we can get a truck for between six and ten thousand dollars that would run really, really well in Nigeria. But the, the well drilling rig needs another truck. We've dri- we have drilled over 170 wells in villages, serving over 200,000 people and saving thousands and thousands of lives. Amen. We didn't budget for this, but I thought, you know, we'll start out by selling the T-shirts. Everybody would buy a T-shirt for 25 bucks. We'll take that money. And we'll send it for the truck. I think we can, you know, get get some money raised for that. But that's what we're showing them. It says, you know, we need to love others more than we love ourselves. We need to give to other people. What a great expression of love. You grab a T-shirt and we end up getting a truck and they can drill wells and kids aren't dying of waterborne diseases. This is saying to them, we love you. You're a part of our global community. Robert A. Henlin wrote this, love is that condition in which the happiness of another person is essential to your own. I love that. I agree with it 100%. The happiness of another person is essential to your own. The last law, law number three, the best time to love is now. The best time to love is now. Jesus didn't wait to express his love. He didn't wait. Jesus, that's our example, right? That's who we're following. Jesus didn't wait to express his love. The best time to love is now, not tomorrow, not later, not not someday, not one of these days, not when it's convenient for me, not when I get around to it, not not soon, but now the best time to love is now. To give of ourselves right now. I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 27 and 28. It says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later. I'll give it to you tomorrow when you now have it with you. Never procrastinate in showing love. Do it now. Never procrastinate in showing love. When you can show love, and I'm, remember what it said, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. I'm not talking about someone walks up to you and whatever you think they're, you know they're a sluggard and you, oh gosh, I have to. No, you don't. You know what? You can give them loving words. You can give them loving words of encouragement. Okay? But if you have it to give to someone who's in need and you know that person is in need, you know that person is hardworking and they're trying their best and they're just struggling, then you need to give it. Not tomorrow, not later, but now. Let me tell you my goal, personal goal. This is my personal goal for 40 Days of Purpose. You're write this down because it's so profound. It is. Ready? Ready? Hold on. This is going to be like blow your mind. I want to become more loving to you, all of you. I want to do my best to become more loving to you, to my family, to people around me, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. I want to be I want to become more loving. I want to become more like Jesus. That's my goal for 40 days of love. And you think, oh, wow, that's a really profound goal there, Pastor. Then you try to do it. Remember what I was saying? Loving people that are hard to love, loving people that don't like you, loving people that maybe you're enemies, loving, whatever the case may be. You know, I want to become more loving. I want to find out what that actually means because I know that one day I'm going to stand before God in heaven and God's going to say to me, Jeff, did you do what I put you on this earth to do? Did you love me with all your heart and soul and mind? 
Did you spend time with me? Jeff, did you, did you love the people that I put around you more? Did you spend time with them? Did you invest in them? Was it all about building? What are you going to leave? Oh, what are you going to do? And this big, great deal. And how can we build and do that? Is that what you did? Or did you spend time with the people who matter the most to you? Did you spend time with them? Let me show you where I spent the most significant time in my week last week. This is the most significant thing I did last week and where I spent my time. Uh, do you remember what you did last Wednesday? I do. When I'm 90 years old, am I going to remember what I did last Wednesday? Yep. Are you going to remember what you did last Wednesday? Probably not. I don't remember what I did two Wednesdays ago. Unless I look it up. We need to spend time with the people we love the most, more than anything else. When I die, and this is what I want for everybody else, I want to be known as a person who loved God with all of my heart and loved my neighbor as myself. I hope that's your goal as well. I mean, this is what this series is all about. Let's dig deeper. Let's, let's become the people that God has created us to be. You know, I, I, hope, that you're, I hope that you're not going to hold on to worldly love and make that your priority because the real, reality is worldly love um, only loves those who love them. That's kind of easy. It's so easy to love people who love me. That's just so easy. I tell you, it's actually hard. I, I say that and I think to myself, it's kind of hard sometimes to even spend the time and to invest that kind of love into people who do love me. But I want to make sure that becomes a, that is a priority, has been, is, and will continue to be a priority of my life. That I love you more, that I love my family more, that I love strangers more, that I love people who come into my life more um, than I love myself. You know, serious, mature love loves people who are hard to love. And you know who I'm talking about. Person sitting right next. I'm just kidding. Uh, serious, mature, serious, mature love is loving people who are hard to love. It's loving people who don't love you. That's serious. That's the kind of depth that I want to get to during this series. That's what I that's what I want to happen during the next 40 days. So the question I have for you as we close out here is, are you ready to get serious? And if you say, yeah, I'm ready to get serious and I have some homework for you. Here's your homework. I would like you to take this week, every day this week, just keep going on this too. Every day, I'd like you to, to sit down with someone in your family or say you're single and you live away from your family, then grab a close friend, someone you're close to, and I'd like you to, to spend time with that person and listen to them. I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to listen to them. It may be that you need to apologize. It may need that you, you may need to sympathize. But what I love you to do is to spend that time with that person and just listen to them. Open up your, open up your, he, your ears, close your, and I mean this nicely, close your mouth, open up your ears, and listen to what they're going through. Spend time investing in them. That's what God has put you on this earth to do. The best use of, of life is love. The best expression of love is time. And the best time to love is now. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together. And God, more than anything else, we want to love each other in this church. You know, God, you're going to grow the church how big you're going to grow it. And that's great. And I, we, we encourage, we want people to come and come to know you and grow our family. And that's all cool. 
But, Lord, we want a healthy church. More than anything else, the people that are sitting in front of me need a healthy church. Filled with people who are strong enough to protect them from spiritual danger and the frustrations and, and, and struggles they face in life, who will stand up for them. Lord, strong enough to, to love and to care and to put, make that a priority. Not making growth a priority, but health a priority. Healthy things grow. God, we want to be healthy. We want to be a healthy family. If we can be a healthy family here, Lord, that's what we're asking for, then that can trickle also to our, per, our, our, our families at home and our, and, our, and our personal families, Lord God, and, and we can strengthen those families and strengthen our relationships at work and strengthen our relationships with our relatives and strengthen our relationships with people we interact with on the road or and we walk around with on the field and, Lord, interact with on the court. We just want to love them more. So help us to be a healthy church so we can develop healthy habits and healthy lives so that we can love people more. The healthier we are, Lord, the more we love others, the more we can love others, the more more we have to give. Allow us to give of ourselves. Allow us to put ourselves second and everyone else first. And if that happens, Lord God, we'll be surrounded by so much love that we'll be content We'll find peace. We'll find joy in our lives. We love you and we praise you. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great, great week.